We're going to begin the book of Acts this morning and uh, make our way through it together and uh, I hope glean a lot and start on this new journey together. Although I say it's a new journey, it's really not a new journey because we're just really technically continuing a journey we started uh, when we began and went through the book of, of Luke. So we come here to the beginning here of the book of Acts and you, you see perhaps at the top of your page there it says the Acts of the Apostles and as I mentioned on Wednesday night we, we did kind of a brief sort of intro to it which um, is beneficial if you heard it but not, um, not um, absolutely necessary to understand where we're going but what I did say was the title we have now that we've come to now the Acts of the Apostles is really an unfortunate title. Uh, it doesn't really give us the, the gist of what the book is about, but we're now, um, you know, 1,800 years or so with this as the title of it, so we're, we're pretty much stuck with it. Because as you look through and think about it, the Acts of the Apostles, there really is only two apostles who play a prominent role in the book of Acts. Um, others are mentioned and have parts of it. John is mentioned and James is is mentioned amongst uh, others, but Peter is the main one we see in the first uh, half of the book of Acts, and, and much of it focuses on his ministry and what he does, and then the second half is about Paul and how he serves and works. So to call it the Acts of the, the Apostles is a little bit misleading because it's really only a couple of them there. But more importantly, what Luke is very clear to give to us from the beginning and lays out all the way through and shows us all the way through is this really is not about what the apostles do and the work of the apostles. This is not about what they did. It's really about what the Holy Spirit does. So like I said, a, a better title to this book or this letter is probably the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. It's a much better way to understand what this is, is about. It is about the continuing work of God. We've seen and we've, we've gone through Luke and, and seen the, the gospel of Luke and, and what Jesus did while he was here. And now as Luke continues on with his, his story and what he's writing, he's showing us how this continues. What happens as God's work continues beyond this? That's what makes it such an inspiring book. That's what makes it such a favorite of so many people. That's why so many of our favorite Bible stories and, and events are found in the book of Acts because it is a book which shows us uh, historically what God does in and through his people. Um, it, it's, it's not a, a book we come to and think, wow, I wish I could be like Peter or John or Paul. I wish I could do what they did or be like they were. If we, we come into the book of Acts and come out of the book of Acts with that, like, wow, I wish I could be like them, we've missed what Acts is about. We've missed what it's for. We come to the book of Acts, we ask, how, how can God use me to accomplish his purpose in my time? I think uh, amongst the, the things that, that are covered in Acts, one verse, I think, which you know, it helps us figure out a, a good way to come towards the book of Acts and what God is doing here is in Acts 13, verse 36. It's part of a sermon 
where Paul is rehearsing um, the past. And he, he says, he uses David as an example. He says, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. It's that first part of the verse, I think, which is, is grabbing. It says, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God. I think that's a great way to think about it. You know, I want to serve my generation by serving my God. So that by the end of our life, we can look back and say, well, no, I wasn't like Peter. I wasn't like Paul, but I was what God needed me to be in my generation. God was able to use me. God was able to work through me to do his purpose in the generation I'm placed in. So the Spirit of God does a, a work in us, and he strengthens us, and he empowers us to this end. So Acts is Luke's continuation of the gospel. So he's building on the foundation of what he laid in the gospel. And he opens his second volume. So volume two of his work here in Acts. He opens us by reminding us of his purpose. When he began and he wrote the book of Luke, he told us what his purpose was. And now he's reminding us of that. So let's read together our text for this morning, which is going to be Acts chapter one, verses one through five. It says, the former account I made, speaking of the gospel of Luke, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his sufferings by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Our Heavenly Fathers, we come into the book of Acts and we come with hearts of anticipation and hope we ask, dear God, that you would, you would do a great work within us individually and, and together, dear God, that we would, we would see your continuing work. We would be encouraged and inspired by what you do in your people for your glory. So we pray, dear God, that we would come into this with hope, but as we go, that we would become different people more godly people, people who are filled with your spirit and show your power in our life. Thank you and praise you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. As Luke introduces his book here and these few words here, it's, it's, a, it's an introduction which is designed to, to get us to look forward with, with hope and anticipation. He's simply reminding us of some things, but also projecting us to see forward. His introduction here is to help us see the power of a living God in us today, at work in us today. There are three thoughts I'm going to look at this morning and, and briefly uh, follow through on what Luke writes for us here. And there's remember what Jesus began, believe what Jesus did and hope in what Jesus will do. This is how Luke pushes us through and pushes us into what he's going to show us here. 
in his, uh, in his letter. So let's start here in the beginning where he, he reminds us what Jesus began, to remember what Jesus began. Verse 1 and 2 says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had, pardon me, whom he had chosen. Um, Theophilus, probably a well-known and well-respected man uh, in the area. It's possible that he is a new convert, which is why Paul was, or Luke was writing all of these things, so he had what he needed there. But what he reminds us of here is he begins this to, sh to show us where he's going and what he's doing. He says to us there in the beginning of verse 1, he says, to tell us all that Jesus began both to do and teach. So as we look at this and we remember what Jesus began, we remember, firstly, that he taught. Jesus taught. He taught us godliness. He taught us what it was to be godly. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17 Jesus says, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So Jesus, Jesus didn't teach that when he, he came and he started teaching that we could leave the Old Testament behind. That what was there was the past and now it was Jesus. And so we can leave the Old Testament behind and, and move on. But rather, he came to fill what was missing. So when Jesus came to earth, he says, it wasn't that the old was irrelevant. He says, no, there were things that are missing. I'm going to fill that in. I'm going to make it whole. And Luke has the same idea here as he's moving us forward. He reminds us of the same principle. We're not leaving the gospel behind. So as we begin this and we start looking forward and we, we look at what God does and how the church uh, is born and how it grows and, and expands through the world and what God does. This is not something new. This is not just the next step or the next phase where we say, okay, that's done, now this. He's reminding us from the very beginning that as we come in and as we look forward, we cannot leave behind what was there, what Jesus taught us, what he has done. Jesus' life on earth is foundational for everything to follow. Everything that's going to come, it's foundational. For, Paul says into the Corinthians, no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus taught us truth. He taught us what we must carry forward. So if we're going to carry forward, if we're going to move forward and do, we need to know what he taught us. We need to carry that with us. It is what we must proclaim. We're not sent to proclaim a message. We are sent to proclaim his message. See, when Jesus came, he taught us what God was like. He showed us what God was like. He told us what God expects of all people. He showed us what God is going to do. To be a Christian, in part, is to be a person of truth, of God's truth. We need to know the truth. And this is where Luke is getting us to remember. Understanding that truth is essential to knowing the power of God in our life. If we don't search to study God's word and to come to understand what he says, we miss the power of God in our lives. It doesn't just come. It comes attached to his truth. 
So moving forward is about growing in our understanding of truth, growing in our learning of his truth, which is why when, when Paul is instructing uh, his young protege, Timothy, he says to him amongst the, the many wonderful things he encouraged him with, he says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That is, if you're going to serve God, if you're going to be what God can, can use and do and, and the spirit can work in you and through you, you need to be a person of God's truth, carrying it with you. He taught us godliness, but he didn't just teach us godliness. He showed us godliness. He didn't just tell us about God. He showed us what God was like. This is why John begins his gospel with, with this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld, we saw, we, we looked at his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He showed us that truth isn't just an abstract concept, that it's not just an idea, but that truth is livable. Jesus came. He didn't just tell us what truth was. He showed us that the truth that he was telling us was livable, practical, and we need to live this truth. We learn from him what it means to show grace. We learn from him by looking at him what it is to be just and to show justice and mercy and compassion and what it is to live for God's glory. Acts, the book of Acts, as we journey through it, as we come into it, Acts is about how God's people learn to live in light of the gospel. How do we take what Jesus taught, what Jesus showed us, and how do we live that out? That's what Acts is about, showing us how we learn to do that, how we move from being what Jesus said to living that in a world we carry it with us, not just in our words, but in our living. Jesus taught us, but we're reminded also of what he began because he saved us. It begins verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandment to the apostles whom he had chosen. He died for our sin. Where Luke reminds us to remember everything up to the moment where he ascended. We're to remember and study everything Jesus taught and everything Jesus did. No part of the gospel is unimportant. No part of God's word is, is unimportant. You know, there are, are people still around today who used to go by the title Red Letter Christians. They go by different things now. So anything that was in red in, you know, in the Bible, which was Jesus' words, is important. Everything else is negotiable. Okay, that's not what Jesus taught. That's not what, uh, what Luke is reminding us. Says everything Jesus said, everything he did was important. It matters. This is why we call the gospel the gospel, that it is good news. It's the penultimate truth. This is what we're to understand. It's what we're to live. Jesus didn't come to earth just to be a good example. He didn't come just to, to show us what it was like to live a good life, tell us good things about God, he came to change us, to save us from sin. When we began Luke, which was some time ago when we began it, we noticed that what Luke projected through his whole gospel, and we saw it all the way through, 
was one of the great things that Luke was telling us about Jesus was that his mercy is wide. There was a wideness to his, his mercy. That same theme continues through the book of Acts, the wideness of God's mercy. In Acts, we see that the gospel reaches to the ends of the earth. You know, in, in Luke, in the gospel of Luke, we saw Jesus reach out to the rich and to the poor. He reached out to the Jews and to the Gentiles and to the Samaritans and, and, and all of that. And in Acts, we see it go even beyond that. We see it reach to the ends of the earth. And that truth that God's mercy is wide, that the gospel is to reach the ends of the earth, is the same truth that is true today. It's the same purpose today that we spread the love of God far and wide. It should be what fills us, what motivates us, what drives us, what makes life worth living. That the gospel needs to reach the lost. He taught, he saved, he commanded. It's interesting that twice in this, this passage, verse 2 and verse 4, says that Jesus commanded his disciples. He commands us because he is Lord. He tells us what is true. He commands us to live it out and to live it out as he desires. He has a purpose. He has a plan. And he commands us to fulfill it. It's no suggestion. It's no, well, if you'd like to, option. He's commanding us. This is how I lived. This is what I taught. This is what I did. Now, don't dilly-dally around. Don't play around. Don't take it as a suggestion. Get up and do my work. Acts is about filling us with that sense of urgency, that sense of duty to get out and proclaim the gospel to those that need it. And the reason he can do that is because he is Lord. He can give commands. He can command us to do that. One, because he is God. But secondly, like we read in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9 to, the, to 11, because he, he died, because he paid for our sins and resurrected again, he now sits at the right hand of the Father, highly exalted above all others. He has every right to command us to do his will. So because he commands and he is Lord, we follow. We follow him. We are obliged to obey. Acts is not about blazing new trails. Sometimes look at it like that. You know, Peter blazes out to new places and, and churches are started in places like Antioch to the north and churches begin there. And then Paul comes along and, and travels through the world and, and as the, the gospel and the people of God are persecuted it's, it's pushed out and people spread all over the place. And it's, it's almost like we're seeing new trails blazed. Acts is not about blazing new trails. Our life and, and our ministry is not about blazing new trails. Acts is about following Jesus. That's what it's about. He's already ahead of us. He's already preparing the way. He's already doing the work. And nothing has changed today. It's not about blazing new trails. It's not about us finding new ways to, to do things or new places to go. We are obliged to follow Jesus through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So we remember what Jesus did 
and what he began. Secondly, we believe what Jesus did. Verse 3 says, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Believe what Jesus did. He rose. He rose. He is alive. What makes Acts an inspiring book is because it is a living book. It's filled with with life. The reason it's full of life is because Jesus is full of life. He is alive. He is ruling and he is reigning. Luke Luke here is reminding us in these, these words when he says that he appeared over 40 days to all these people, he is reminding us that we serve a risen Savior. Jesus is not dead. He is alive. We serve a risen Savior. This, this isn't fairy tale. This isn't just a, a good story. This is truth. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul reminds us of the same thing when he's giving to us the, the gospel in a nutshell, and then he talks about how Jesus uh, was seen, says in verse 5, and that he was seen by Cephas, or Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. When Jesus resurrected for 40 days, so through a length of 40 days, he, he mingled, he appeared, he taught, he showed people that he was alive. And during that time, he taught and he encouraged he showed us that he had conquered death. He showed us that he had conquered sin. He's alive and he reigns. Luke ended his gospel with the ascension. And he begins the book of Acts with the ascension, which we'll see in the next week. He reigns now. Jesus ascended from this earth and he sits now in heaven, ruling and reigning. Again, Luke reminds us of the kingdom that is to come. This is what we're pursuing. This is what we live for, to, to see the kingdom of God in its fullness, in its completeness. Luke is reminding us of these things to encourage us, to strengthen us, to show us that we are not alone in God's purpose. He's reminding us that we... That the Jesus that we say that we serve is alive and powerful. This isn't empty religion. This is living truth. So he rose and having rose, told us in those 40 days, he strengthens. He strengthens in confidence. 40 days, Jesus continued to teach his people. His teaching and his appearances were to strengthen them to encourage them. And Luke tells us this to give us confidence. He wants us to be certain that what we are called to do, that this gospel that has been handed to us is not some airy-fairy idea, but that it is a certainty, that it is a reality, that it is worth giving.
giving our lives for. He is encouraging our hearts, instilling in us a certainty of our calling. And just like Jesus spent time before his death preparing the disciples for what was to come, so he spent that time preparing them for when he was to depart and what would follow. Jesus never leaves us to our own resources. The task we have to carry out right now, we've been prepared for. He has readied us for. He strengthens us in confidence and he strengthens us in heart. See, it's the same theme. When Luke wrote his gospel, he began it with these words, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. The book of Acts is about making you certain about what you believe, about instilling you with confidence, filling you with hope and strength. This is something that all of the apostles felt deeply and strongly about. Paul says the same idea to the Romans, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. It's the same thing. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God. John tells us why he wrote his gospel, and he says he wrote his gospel for this reason. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Be certain that this is a living, powerful gospel. Peter says the same thing in his second letter, chapter 1, verse 16. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. This is Peter's telling you, listen, what we have to proclaim, what we have within us, is not story. It is the truth, the glory, the majesty of a risen Christ. All of the apostles want you to live with confidence. They want you to know the gospel you have, the gospel you've believed, is worth living for. Believing Jesus' work, being confident in its truth, and passionate about carrying the gospel for the glory of God. So we are to remember what Jesus began, believe what Jesus did, and thirdly, he points us forward to hope in what Jesus will do. Verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He gave a promise. He gave a promise, a promise which uh, in, in John he calls him our helper. So the Christian life isn't just about what Jesus did. It's not just about what Jesus did. It's about what he continues to do. The continuing work of God. The past... What Jesus did is our foundation, and on that foundation, we need to pursue the future. We need to move forward based on that foundation. Jesus gives hope for the future with a promise of the Holy Spirit. We'll see this in, in uh, ahead, too, as you read through in the beginning of, of Acts. The Spirit, 
who will empower us, who will enable our work for God. The Spirit who will apply miraculously the new birth to our lives and to those who believe. He sent the Spirit so that his work could continue. So that what he began while he was on earth would continue. But not just as a help, but as his presence. The coming of the Holy Spirit isn't just about doing work. His presence here on earth is not just about enabling and empowering. The coming of the Spirit is the continuing presence of God with his people. That God is with us. We move forward with God. The God who will empower, but who also will teach us and comfort us. He gives a promise and he gives a purpose. That purpose is to continue his work, to continue the work of Jesus. All of this is about doing a great work. We are continuing what Jesus began. That is our life. We're not disconnected from the past. We're not disconnected from Jesus. We continue what he began. We are part of an eternal and glorious purpose. We sit here today, each and every Sunday, not just to reminisce about what was. We don't come to the Bible, we don't read the Gospels, and we don't study Acts because we want to know what was. We sit here today to be encouraged about what will be. What God will do in us and through us in his power. Rejoice in it because it's not about what we will do. It's about what God does through us. You know, like the book of Acts, our life is about what God will do through us. It's not a story about us. Just like Acts is not about the apostles, our lives are not about us, but about what God will do through us. God is still at work. We are reminded here in Acts at the beginning to remember what Jesus began, to believe what Jesus did and to hope in what Jesus will do. Luke writes this book to encourage us, to strengthen us in our faith. He wants us to be certain, not just certain that we believe the right thing, but so certain, so confident in what we believe that we live it out, that we proclaim the gospel, that the Holy Spirit works in us and through us for the great glory of God. He wants us to be certain that, that the gospel can and does change lives. To believe that with all of our heart, even when it sometimes doesn't seem like it's true. To believe that the gospel can and does change lives. Not just then. Not just back in Bible days. Not just in Acts. Not just in the gospel. But now. And in the future. That God changes lives. 
Luke writes the book of Acts so that we will follow him with courage. So that we will follow Jesus with confidence. So that we will follow Jesus with passion. That we won't lose sight of the power of the gospel. That we will live this out. That the excitement we see in the people of the book of Acts is the same excitement we see in us as we live for the glory of God and the proclamation of this gospel. Our great God, send us from here with a renewed passion, a hope and a certainty. Encourage us as we seek you this week and work through us as we pursue your purpose. Grow our faith to serve you with our all to trust you in every circumstance. Dear God, we ask this morning, use the book of Acts to change us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.